Welcome to the Silver Caduceus Association podcast, where we take a break to explore how medical service corps officers shape the story of the Army. This is our story, and I'm your host, Dave Paramore. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Uh, This is Dave Paramore, and welcome again to the Silver Caduceus Association podcast. This is uh, episode two, and I'm joined today by Jim Vinci. Um, and it turns out it's actually uh, being recorded today on Veterans Day. So a big thanks to all the veterans out there and their service uh, to our nation. Um, and uh, welcome, Jim. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing me to be part of this podcast. This is great to have you. Um, I guess I'll start off right away, um, since it is Veterans Day here. Um, what, uh, tell me a little bit about your service. Well, mine is a, is a little bit unique in that I uh, originally started as a Navy officer. I was commissioned uh, ensign in the United States Navy, served in the Navy, uh, brown water mostly in Vietnam, uh, and then at Coronado at Naval Beach Group, uh, and wanted to consider staying in the military, but being a line officer in the Navy, I, uh, I just didn't, it just wasn't a good fit for me to spend all that time out at sea. Uh, and my, I wanted to be a medical service corps officer. And the Navy, unfortunately, had a uh, requirement that if you transferred to the medical service corps from, uh, as a line officer, then you had to revert back to Ensign. By this time, I'd already made Lieutenant JG. I'd been accepted to go to uh, graduate training at Monterey with the Navy. And I just, you know, just didn't feel like I wanted to start all over again. And uh, Well, we don't blame you for that at all, Jim. I'm, and we're glad to have you <laughs> over to the Medical Service Corps. And uh, oh, how, anyway, how did yeah. the, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, well no, and, and as a result of that, they uh, I was actually transferred from the Navy to the Army by the uh, Secretary of Defense. So there was no break in service. So uh, one day I was uh, Lieutenant JG in the Navy, and then the next day I was uh, uh, Captain in the Army. And uh, so even even got a little bit of a promotion out of that. Uh, and Out- so, outstanding. Uh, and then, excuse me? I said outstanding. I'm, gl- I'm glad the Army saw your talent early on. Yes. Well, I, it was a good move. It was a good move. <laughs> How did you get involved in the Medical Service Corps then? Was it just a direct commission then to the Medical Service Corps? Uh, no, I was a line I was a line officer in the Navy, not a Medical Service Corps. I was transferred to the Army as a Medical Service Corps uh, officer, and so my background I had a degree in biology. My gotcha. brother was a physician. My father was a pharmacy. Actually, my dad was a part of the Medical Administrative Corps, and so uh, I just had a desire. Uh, to be in the Medical Service Corps. Fantastic. Well, that's great. And um, so, um, when did you uh, when did you retire from uh, Medical Service Corps? I retired uh, in 1992. 1992. What was active duty? What was your most memorable uh, memorable point on active duty in the Medical Service Corps for the Army? I mean, 1992. I mean, that's just right around uh, Operation Desert Storm. Right, and, and I think that was uh, probably, that was one of the most memorable uh, times because I was the uh, uh, chief of patient administration for uh, for Europe, and in, that was the communication zone 
for Desert mm-hmm. Shield, Desert Storm. And uh, that was quite busy because we, in addition to all the patient administrative duties that one had in Europe, we also had them for the communication zone to include evacuation of patients out of the theater into the comm zone and then all the way back to the United States. Um, well, so that, I'll tell that you. Was, uh, probably the most interesting. I, I, selfishly, I want to have you back for another podcast to talk all about that, uh, the communications of uh, patients and evacuation of patients from from uh, that theater back to the United States, because obviously that's evolved over time and it's uh, become a real talking point. Um, and uh, like you, I was in the middle of that too on my, my active duty experience. Um, but, but for today, um, you know, one of the things I think folks are really excited about is to hear about... Um, Kind of the history of uh, Silver Caduceus Association, and that um, uh, you're a founding member. Is that right? Uh, I am, and uh, I, yeah. along with uh, uh, several other officers, uh, really got the organization formalized. Um, I'll be happy to give you a little history about it if you'd like. Yeah, I would love to. You know, kind of like how it got started and what was. What were some of the original goals? Yeah. Maybe if you could give us a little sense as to how, how the SCA came about. Well, in, uh, in 2000, there was a informal get-together of uh, Medical Service Corps officers. I call it a reunion, whatever. It was, again, a very informal get-together. And it was decided at that time that, um, gee whiz, you know, perhaps we, uh, we need to formalize this thing. And, and have a formalized organization of active duty and retired medical service corps officers. And so um, there were individuals, myself included, that said, okay, we'll, we'll pick up the baton and we'll start getting things going to, to formalize this. And in 2002, when we had the next reunion, uh, we we actually started the we actually started the formalization in that we appointed officers or we had an election of officers we had board members and uh, was then wrote a constitution bylaws and all of those other things uh, that needed to be done and was incorporated uh, as a 501 C three in uh, 2003. That's fantastic. What were um, what were some of the original goals? I mean, you know, obviously it was uh, camaraderie was certainly part of it, and you kind of mentioned a few. But uh, were there were there some original goals of the organization? Well, there were, and, and uh, you know that we had we listed them as such, and we wanted to uh, promote uh, the U.S. Army Medical Service Corps among. Uh, junior and senior ROTC cadets. We wanted to foster fraternal relationships with other military and veteran groups. Uh, we wanted uh, to preserve, document, and historical information regarding the Medical Service Corps, uh, promoting professional, social, and recreational activities, uh, and then support the U.S. Army Medical Service Corps uh, in their mission as it applied to the current time. 
Yeah, that those are uh, again. It's it's really exciting to uh, to see kind of the progress of this association, and um, obviously those relationships and it, some of the founders that you all envisioned are really coming to fruition today. One of the things you just said really resonated with me as having uh, been an ROTC graduate and uh, Medical Service Corps was really not a choice, or at least not at the forefront of one of my choices in graduating, but someone came along and said that uh, with my uh, interest in Army Aviation, that Medical Service Corps would be uh, a choice for that, and it turned out. And if I had to do it all over again 30 plus years ago, I would have done it exactly the same way. And uh, some of the most rewarding years for me were uh, were flying the medevac missions for the Army Medical Service Corps. So thanks for um, you know, thanks for pointing that out and uh, all, the, all the things that, that, uh, that you've done to help assemble this, this great association. Um, you mentioned around 2000, so it's been 20 years. Um, could you maybe highlight some of, the, some, some of the things that you think are most memorable or most significant in those 20 years that this association has, uh, has accomplished? Well, I, I think <clears throat> the one uh, most important thing is that we, we now have an organization where people, MSC officers retired in active duty can, can kind of feel a part of. And it, it, I think it really fosters camaraderie. Obviously, we, we've done a lot of uh, things uh, that are beneficial to members, uh, such as uh, we have a scholarship fund that uh, we award scholarships every year to uh, individuals who are related to MSC officers. We, uh, the, the reunions, we call them reunions. We still do that because back in 2000, it was called a reunion. It's, it's more, I would, I would say it's more of a, a convention type of meeting because uh, we, we do more than just uh, socialize. And, and we do have uh, speakers from the various uh, active duty components uh, as well as uh, from associations, uh, the Retired Officers Association, et cetera, where the membership would be interested in getting current information. Uh, so it's, it's again, I, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a fraternal organization that um, wants to uh, ensure that we have a, a unity and a camaraderie and esprit de corps of medical service corps officers. And I believe, you know, this is just a personal opinion. Unfortunately, in today's environment and with uh, technology, uh, Twitter and Facebook and so forth, uh, a lot of that is being lost. And I think that we bring something back to the table to, to bring this camaraderie together rather than going in, punch a clock, uh, here I am on, at work, I punch a clock, I leave and I'm done. So you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of all over the place on that, but that's no, that, those are great. Those are absolutely great points. And um, you know, just a personal aside, everyone kind of warned me that when I retired, I would uh, um, miss the camaraderie, and I kind of pushed back. Um, and and I can remember six months to the day after I retired, that was clearly one of the most uh, memorable moments or periods of time. In, in the career was just those uh, those relationships 
that uh, that you make uh, with other other members of the medical service corps and the camaraderie is clearly important. I, I just kind of want to end on the note of um, you know you kind of mentioned uh, the reunion and really the, the convention type atmosphere and and value that brings even to uh, active duty medical service corps officers. Um, can you just maybe talk a little bit about some of those uh, some of those benefits and you know what might uh, an active duty service active duty medical service corps officer find if they if they attended the reunion? Well, if, if I can backtrack, I think it's what I'd like to, to point out, if I may, Dave, is that I think the, the important thing is the active duty joining the organization to begin with, because the organization we put out, you know, there are, there are newsletters that are put out. We have a Facebook site. We have a LinkedIn site. Which is, uh, which is available to all of the members. Uh, so, f- for instance, on active duty, uh, looking for a job or an individual can post jobs on LinkedIn. Uh, so uh, there, are, there are many benefits that the active duty individual can enjoy just by belonging to the uh, Silva Caduceus uh, Association. And, and again, the it, it, again, it's informative and it's a way for them to communicate with both the retired individuals, MSC officers, as well as active duty uh, officers. And I, it's it's interesting because very often there'll be something posted on LinkedIn saying, "I'm getting ready to retire. Anybody's got any ideas what I should do?" and so forth. <laughs> and um, you know, is there is there a life after retirement? And so I think that again. There are some some uh, opportunities for for the active duty to to get information and which would be helpful to them. It also kind of keeps them attuned to what's going on, uh, and puts them in touch with with uh, other uh, officers who you know. Uh, and I use the word retired because they're not always dealing with retired individuals that may be helpful to them when they're on active duty or they're in the transition process or so forth. Now, well, yeah, you, you've kept, you, I said, you've captured it, uh, you know, in, in its most uh, basic element that <laughs> all of us at one point, we either retire or we transition from the military. It's like, there's really, there's, you know, once you're in it, you don't get to stay forever. And that's, uh, you know, so having this service that uh, having this camaraderie really helps us all. So uh, thanks for that, Jim. Right. Any final, any, any final thoughts? Well, going back, I, I didn't want to shortchange you on your question about the reunions or the, the well, we were supposed to have, a, obviously, we were going to have a uh, semi-annual meeting <laughs> this past September, but COVID-19 took care of that. Hopefully, we'll have one this coming September. And I think, to go back to that original question, I think the fact that the active duty, uh, what can they get out of the reunion? Well, they get out of the reunion, I think, number one is camaraderie. They get the camaraderie to socialize with with re- retired and other active duty personnel from all over the United States. Or in fact, sometimes we'll, we'll even have a, we even had a, an occasion where an individual who retired in Europe came back to the reunion. And, and I think camaraderie is, uh, is one of the highlights that active duty folks can get out of that. I mean, they're hearing a lot of the, the lectures and so forth, but they also get that camaraderie, but we also will 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 have speakers there, which we'll try to cater 
to uh, active duty individuals as well. And so our speakers are not all geared just to retired Medical Service Corps office, but to active duty uh, individuals as well in terms of entitlements, in terms of insurance and TRICARE, et cetera, et cetera. Good. All, all uh, tremendous uh, benefits of uh, being part of this organization. So, uh, well, Jim, thanks for your time today. It's just been a great snapshot of kind of how the uh, Silver Caduceus Association got started and the early visions. And thank you for your service. And thank you for sharing uh, a little bit about your time on active duty and in both the Navy and our Medical Service Corps. So glad that you came over to, uh, to our Corps and uh, thanks for your contributions. So, uh, We'll have to come back again and talk again soon about your time during Desert Storm and, and a little bit more about that. But uh, thanks for your time today. I'm happy to do it and, and feel honored that you would ask me to be part of the podcast. You bet. All right, folks, that's it for uh, episode two. I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Please feel free to connect with us online. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, uh, happy to, to engage. SilverCaducesAssociation.org. I hope you all have a great day. And again, this uh, recorded on Veterans Day. So for those veterans, thanks, thanks for your service. For more information or to listen to other episodes, please visit SilverCaducesAssociation.com.